You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour. The power of water and our global environment, it's life and it's positive. Uh, we have a lot of things happening today that's going to be very exciting. I'm, uh, this is almost in our second year of our show, and we're very concerned about the proactive uh, education. And this show that you're listening to each week and can go on to your website and uh, Go to the Sharon Kleina Hour at yahoo.com. I'm Sharon Kleina. My dedication has been concerns of your proactiveness about your health. You and I and every living thing on the planet is the environment. Uh, individuals can talk to you about the, how high the tree could be. Don't cut it down. They can discuss the pollution. They can discuss recycling. Uh, uh, energy, but you are the most important part of the environment. You are the ecosystem. Your proactiveness, your education are your footprints to leave behind and whisper, I, you will never leave because you're going to leave an environment that you have given as a legacy, you personally, because your health is so important to you. And the show each week is excited about the life on earth with water. Because without the water, there is no life. But with water, we could save lives and our planet. So listen well. We've been told a lot of the doctor's offices are listening. And I really do appreciate that. That's a compliment. Because if they want their, um, their patients to listen and they're listening and different people throughout the world are listening, let's do this together. Let's join a club. Let's be chic. Let's think about the environment and our personal health. Today we have a very exciting doctor with us, Dr. Kinoti Mima. I think I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right. He's a PhD. He's from San Luis Obispo. He's a director of education and training for Life Water International. Water, the foundation of life, growth, and human development. Life Water International is a Christian organization specializing in water and sanitation. Development in their work is in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. This is going to be a keynote person of our show. It is exciting because this is what the show is all about. Our second uh, guest today, we've had on the show many times, Art Bernstein, who's a naturalist and, and author. He's from Gold Hill, Oregon. Oregon. And I've asked Art, let's discuss the birds, because recently he was telling me about some uh, the owls and the eagles and the kingfishers and some different birds that are happening. And we did have a park ranger on from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, discussing the habitats of the birds coming back twice a year to some of their parks. And I thought that would be an exciting uh, discussion and education for all of us worldwide. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears, I Mist, 
all natural moisturizing the eye. And as somebody asked me the other day, explain what Nature Sears Eye Mist is. Nature Sears Eye Mist, because the eye is dry from the moment you're born, your eyelid opens and you live with the air you are breathing. If there's not enough moisture in the air, which there is not, the eyes go dry. Allergies are dry eye. A common cold is a dry eye. Dry mouth is a dry eye. When you are wearing glasses, you have a dry eye. If you have contact lenses, you need moisture. If you've had LASIK, you need moisture. So, And they say every five seconds somebody's going blind because the air is so dry and something is affecting the eyes, causing it to go to severe dehydration, dry eye. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is an all-natural green supplement to, with just a sweep, can apply moisture to the eye with just a mist. All-natural tissue culture grade of water. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Dr. Mima. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Doctor, about life and water. Doctor, are you with us? Yes, I am. And how do I pronounce your name? I apologize. <laughs> my name is Kinoti, that's the first name, and my last name is Meme. Meme. Yes. So, Meme. Okay, I'll t- I'm sorry. Oh, no and, problem. And my last name is pronounced Kleina. My <laughs> okay. husband's from the Netherlands. Oh, great. It's good to be on radio with you. Well, thank you. And I was very excited, doctor, to see that your mission has been uh, the foundation for life is growth and human development, life water. Um, And you probably have, if you've read up anything about myself, I've been studying water for over 30 years and I decided that it had been overlooked as a personable device to buy on the shelf and supplement with. Mm -hmm. So I found myself dedicated to the mission of water also. And without it on this earth, there would be no life. And I think it's been way overlooked in research of what it could be used for, for health and better improvement of our lives and our ecosystem every day. Uh, Tell us about your mission and about your background, because you have really dedicated your life to this. Yes, and first of all, before I go into telling you about what uh, life water does and what where I connect with that, I, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be on the show with you and, and really think, just as you said, water is an important part of uh, our life, our lives, and even our own bodies, as you've mentioned over and over in your shows, that our bodies are really a big percentage of our bodies is water. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a, a better thing to be talking about today as water and, you know, 
pretty. You know, it doesn't it seem strange that uh, when I was studying over 30 years ago, doctor, that uh, that the medical field overlooked how serious it is. I mean, if you wanted to talk about the most important part of your health every day and for healthy ecosystems, it's the water. That's true. And did and and where did they when you go to the doctor and I have a, a big I have a large medical team back behind me and what we do mm-hmm. and I always kind of tease be sure and tell your patients to drink 8 to 12 glasses of water a day depending upon their stress and how they feel that day um, and then when you go to the, I said to the pharmacist be sure and stress water or the medication or the vitamin won't work yes well, and I'm glad we're talking about that today. I think what will be um, exciting is for me to bring my experience and my um, background into this show. I want to. In fact, I hope to have you on more commonly because this show is dedicated to the water and life, and life and water can save lives and it can save this planet. So let's join a crusade here and uh, with your past. Now, tell me about you personally, and then we'll move into the, to the organization. Sure. Yes, I was born and brought up in Kenya. Mm-hmm. That's across the world in East Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in a typical village, probably some of the pictures you've seen of poor kids dressed up mm-hmm. in ragged clothes and no shoes and everything else. That's, that's a picture of... of uh, myself, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Now, your mother, uh, your family were probably carrying water during the day to make sure you had enough. Yes, and actually, I did carry water, too, for mm-hmm. quite an amount of my time when I was in the village, going to school mm-hmm. every morning, going out to look for water, mm-hmm. and then bring it home, mm-hmm. uh, use it for cooking our breakfast, and also bathing and then go to school. So that that's something I'm quite familiar with, and we can talk a little more about okay. the strain of that and everything mm-hmm. else. Uh, in my community, both the children and the and the, their mothers, especially, would be the ones to go down the river to get exactly. water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I grew up in Kenya. That's part of uh, my area upbringing. I went to school in Kenya, went to university there, which you call college here. Mm-hmm. And then I worked for a Christian development organization called World Vision. I, have, I see that you have earned somebody from World Vision on your show before. Mm-hmm. And did that for about six years mm-hmm. in the 90s. And then late 90s, I actually 99, I came to the United States of America to study. Um, and I did my graduate studies at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, graduated from there, and uh, I've been working for LifeWater now for about uh, about six months. Mm-hmm. So it's not a long time, but it's, it's a, a place that I'm excited about mm-hmm. because of what they stand for and what they do, mm-hmm. uh, especially in areas of water and water development mm-hmm. and community development through that. And then the being line. able to share life and mm-hmm. to share... Uh, issues of of uh, truth and justice and other things that are important mm-hmm. as we look at. Uh, well, you definitely have a firsthand experience, so I could see why you'd want to be involved, and they would definitely be pursuing you to be involved with the organization. Now, tell us about the organization uh, when, for, when you joined it. What did you know about it? 
I knew quite an amount of uh, information about life water because, um, you know, being in the field and being interested in issues of water mm-hmm. uh, and being a Christian, there were not that many organizations that did combine, you know, some of those aspects very well. Mm-hmm. And so in my research, trying to find out who is, who is first of all, doing uh, things to do with water development, global water issues, sanitation, hygiene, that type of thing, providing the water, drilling bowels, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But also is interested in using that as a message for hope, uh, helping people find love in Jesus, and, uh, you know, so bringing the two things together. Mm-hmm. And quickly got to know about life water, and some of my friends at uh, in graduate school uh, knew of this work, and because they had gone out in trips, uh, on mission trips and groups to different parts of the world, mm-hmm. and that's how I was invited. Oh, I mm-hmm. kind of got now when you got involved with that, it's called the organization Life Water. Yes, their mission statement though is connecting the planet. With the with the seriousness of the life in water, right? Well, our, our mission statement, you know, basically says, compelled by God's call and global water and sanitation crisis, mm-hmm. Life Water International equips partner organizations mm-hmm. and works with them to empower communities in developing mm-hmm. countries to gain safe water, mm-hmm. adequate sanitation, effective hygiene and the knowledge of Jesus' love. Now, I'm going to bring, I'm going to uh, take your background mm-hmm. as a Ph.D. into something today Yes. that could be of value. You know, we're sitting today in the United States of America that's supposed to be very aggressive in standards of uh, health mm-hmm. and very aggressive and very accomplished, almost authorities of the world. Um, but... Is it possible that in our country, now we're just going to be, uh, we're just going to evaluate today. It's not a fact of definite decision. But do you think it's possible, even in the United States of America, that people could have parasites in the water and not know it? From everything that I've seen uh, with uh, the studies that are held there, it's possible. I, I mean, I think you do, in this country, have very high standards of regulation. Uh, for whatever water is put out to for people to drink and mm-hmm. and that is available um, however I am not uh, my area of, of specialization is not really on on the diseases and the transmission right. but, um, but what I'm thinking is is that for our listeners to take notice we can discuss the extreme mm-hmm. but there's also another side that they're finding that in the water, I just had a guest on last week from Washington, D.C., that when an individual is taking a lot of medication, vitamins or whatever, and they flush that down the toilet, and it goes into our water systems, it doesn't totally dissolve. Then when people are throwing away medicine down the toilet, it's flushing into the systems. You probably have read about it. And the thing is, is like uh, our pipes, here in America even, may be old. Maybe they're not checked frequently enough. Uh, once you get the approval and the house is built or the building is built, do they go back and check the water frequently? No, they don't, doctor. So all over the world, the concerns of health issues and the water, and then we're saying you must drink a lot of water, 
you need healthy sanitation. And what you're talking about with uh, life and water and international uh, going around the world to Africa, Asia, and Latin America, that is maybe more extreme to where there's parasites in the water. They're having to, like your family did, they had to go to the stream and bring the water in by buckets, not knowing what's going on in the flow of the stream. Uh, not good sanitation. Cannot wash their hands frequently. Yes. Um, and I get a little blunt. I've had the United Nations on here, and I actually did say, you can't flush the toilet and wash your hands. Hmm. Right? Well, and that's blunt. And the thing is, is that is what life is all about, to be healthy. Yes. Is washing your hands, uh, drinking safe water, uh, being able to have safe sanitation. And, and I've even known that uh, to go to school, uh, and have in your school systems healthy uh, sanitation, that you get more girls to go to school. Uh, it says 11% uh, more girls will attend school if sanitation is available. Um, the education around the world uh, it says here, 443 million school days are lost each year due to water-related diseases around the world. 40 billion working hours are spent carrying water each day in these countries. Um, and your family were the example of the time it takes to make sure you have the proper amount of water for each home to be able to exist and be healthy. Yes, and, and my experience with growing up in uh, that part of the world, growing up in East Africa, is um, it's not just the availability of the water. Uh, in some places, especially where I grew up, there was water because we were close to Mount Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, my home is close to Mount Kenya, and so we had many rivers flowing from the mountain. Mm-hmm. The problem is whatever was in the water, we, you, know, you could have contamination happening exactly. upstream, mm-hmm. and whatever you're cutting out, just like you said, whatever you're taking up with a bucket, you don't really know what it is. So uh, life water doesn't talk about fresh water because it might look fresh, but it's not safe. Right. So we talk of uh, safe water. So when you go into the different countries, doctor, and give your unbelievable uh, mission that you've been given to go into those countries and discuss life water, what do you what do what do you, what do you actually do when you're physically there? What do you what is your mission to do when you're there? Yes, we work with with partners, with local partners. Uh-huh. So which means we are now, not. You, are they chosen before you get there? Are they an organization also? The, mostly we work with organizations that are already okay. in operation okay. and people that are already concerned about uh, the water needs of their people mm-hmm. in, the, in the places where they work and where they live. Mm-hmm. These will probably most of the time be indigenous organizations. So we find people that are already doing some things. Mm-hmm. And our main mission is to uh, build up their capacity so that they can provide more uh, water sources. Now, are you making arrangements sources? for uh, new water um, reservoirs uh, built in concrete, or how do, how do you do this? Over the years, we've tried different methodologies of accessing water or, or saving uh, water sources or making sure they are, they are safe for the people. Now, did you use. say water faucets? 
sources, like where the water, water is coming sources. from. Yes. Uh, okay. But one of the ones that we've stayed on for quite some time is drilling boils. Either drilling the wells? Yeah. Either How much does a well cost to drill when you're in a location like that? It depends on where you are. If you're in, um, in parts of Africa or East Africa, especially where we have uh, quite an amount of work, it will cost anywhere between ten to twenty thousand dollars, depending on the on the water table and other other things. And how how much of a supply? How many people would that supply water to? That will provide uh, water to, depending on how much water is in that area. Again, mm-hmm. it, it can supply up to two hundred thousand people. Two hundred thousand. Yeah, we're talking about year. year so what you're year. doing is building a water, bringing up the water source, and then putting providing a water reservoir. We do that. That's okay. one of the ways that, that we... Get to, to, to be able to provide for that amount of the population. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I want to remind your listeners that we, we don't implement it ourselves. Right, we, right. What you, we do is we empower the partner. You, you help organize it. Yeah, we help And you organize help influence it. it to make sure they know how serious it is. Exactly. Yeah. And then we, we come alongside our partners also in training. We believe in these two pieces. Mm-hmm. Both the access of water, but also the way you train people to use that water. Because you can get the water, just like you mentioned earlier on, but it will be, it will be contaminated. Right. So we, we make sure we train on uh, adequate uh, ways of using the water, effective ways of mm-hmm. making sure that we don't So they're getting better education about the water and its source. Yeah, so and, the effective, and effective hygiene, uh, good hygiene, how does uh, how does the practices we uh, you know the way we access this water the way we you know drive our animals around or where we take the animals how does it affect the kind of water we drink or we, we use for we're going to take a moment with our sponsor again and we'll be back and we're going to discuss uh, when you're in those environments the education you're offering about how to take it once you find the source of water and provide it what they're doing to protect it and uh, be thinking about some of the things you want to really educate us about and what's going on around the world and what you're hoping for our education to be uh, about maybe we can assist you. Uh, Doctor, we're going to take a moment with our sponsor, but we'll be right back. Uh, We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back. The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Doctor, um, when you were, before we uh, took our moment here of break, you were mentioning something about what you were doing to educate people in different countries of the world, that once you get the water source provided for them, the education that goes with that to protect the source and keep it healthy. 
Could you tell us what that education, uh, what, what, what you're doing for that education? We actually pride ourselves in our education uh, program as one of the best out there in the market, and I'll tell you why we do that. Uh, we design our curriculums in a participatory manner, which means we don't sit down here and write our curriculums all by ourselves and then go, you know, offer it to people. We work with our partners, and then there's another group I need to introduce here, a big community of well-wishers from the United States and other parts of the world who we call field trainers. Mm-hmm. We bring them uh, here to our offices for training or different other places where we go. We train them in different ways of uh, either protecting the water source and also how to handle that water from source to where it is used. Mm-hmm. And the field trainers work with our uh, partners in the field, which it will be Africa, Asia, and Latin America, and train the, their staff there so that they can be able to train the communities. Mm-hmm. I said we have some of our uh, some of the best training curriculums because we've seen what is is, is offered by other organizations. And what, one of the things we do is uh, we take we have divided the water. The, the, the source, I mean, the way you get the water and the way you use it in different ways. And one of the key pieces that we, we train in is hand pump repairs. We notice when in many places where we've gone that other groups might come and install pumps. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. You said hand pump repair. Yes. Okay, so uh, that e- does each home have their own pump, or do they have to go over to the reservoir and hand pump it? Most of these pumps will be community pumps. Okay, it's, it's a community pump. It's not very few families would have their own uh, pumps. And okay, so how many people do you think are using one hand pump? It depends on where it is, it, it, and depends on the number, the population there. Now, do they put uh, guidelines to how many times a day you can go to the pump? Depending on where it is, yes. Uh, okay. Depending on who is using it and how that pump was installed, or or the group that uh, helped install it, is in some now are they charged money to go use the pump? In places where we work with our partners, we encourage them to have a water committee. Okay. And that committee is in charge of maintaining that pump and that well. And that money and that, that so they are paying for the source. So they probably collect some money and, okay. and, and have a bank account, and if, if the pump were to break down, then they are able to, re, to repair it and to use uh, or to... Now, what, is, to what are the more. average, let's say, uh, and, and we'll do another show uh, so we can learn more, but when you have a community that's going now to the hand pump and to be able to afford to keep up the maintenance of the reservoir and the uh, health of the reservoir and the pump, uh, maintenance. What do you think? Do you have any idea how much they're having to pay? We could do this one on another show. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to get you uh, the figures on another show. But the, what you have to, what we have to bear in mind is, we're talking of poor communities. Right, I know and, it. And and we're talking of people that don't have, in most cases, don't have a regular income. I know it. So, but at the same time, we know it's not sustainable for anyone, for us or for anybody else, to go out into any community and install a pump and leave right. and hope that that pump is going to be working 10, 15 years after. Mm-hmm. Right. And even when it is working, it needs maintenance and other things like that. So we come in and train 
the, the, the partners on how to repair these pumps and we certify. And it was not only the repair, but keeping the pump sanitized, clean, and yes, somebody and not contaminated. Yes, around that area so that animals are not coming into it. But that's a, one of our biggest pieces. And pump repair, we also train in uh, shadow Now, the organizations training. that are in the communities in those locations, are they also Christian organizations? Not necessarily. I mean, we work in uh, partnership with uh, other international organizations. What are some of those organizations? We've worked with UNICEF, okay. we've worked with uh, World Vision, and, and others. Yeah, I've had World Vision and UNICEF on here. Great. And yeah. those are wonderful organizations. They have mm -hmm. been in this for a long time, mm -hmm. and we, we value their partnership just because mm -hmm. they have experience in some of those areas. But we find uh, in communities where we go to, uh, we have a niche that of, of things that we can train in, and pump repair is one of them. Mm -hmm. Then we do things... Uh, we train the communities also. We train our partners who train communities mm -hmm. in things like latrine design and construction, which mm -hmm. takes care of the sanitation piece. Mm -hmm. We train them also on community health through hygiene. And in this, all these trainings, we are using participatory training methods where mm -hmm. we are acknowledging the knowledge that is there in the community mm -hmm. and the skills they have, mm -hmm. and then helping them put it in such in their context, in the ways that they can use it and mm -hmm. how they can transfer it from one person to, the ana to mm -hmm. another. In other words, we're really concerned about uh, we're not going to be there for a long time, mm -hmm. and we, but we want that knowledge to be there. We want that knowledge to be transferred. Right. And our goal, our aim, at the end of the day, is really behavior change. Mm -hmm. Just like you know, I mean, it's good to have the knowledge, but unless that knowledge is connected without we change behavior, it doesn't really help. And, and so, they must know the survival of life on this earth is, um, and I'm going to call it, you know, we've got a, uh, words that we use here in our country, the words are crisis. Well, uh, this country took it upon itself many years ago, I'm here in this country, to be concerned about water all over the planet. And water is a key to the civilization of all health, number one. And number two, Earth won't live without it. We and uh, we must uh, reach out to other parts of the world and, um, under, and make sure they have plenty of water. Now, have you ever been to India? Uh, not myself, but uh, some of uh, my colleagues have been to parts of Asia. And yeah, I guess uh, even in India, uh, we can talk about Africa, but in India, they have a very a difficult time getting safe water mm -hmm. and uh, making sure it's um, consistent uh, for everybody to have water. And parasites are very common there. And people who go to visit there almost always come back home with some type of a parasite because they drank the water that they shouldn't have. They should have uh, taken their own little filter uh, system. Um, now, when you moved to America, did you find that you were surprised that you could go to the tap and, and get water all day long? Well, certainly. I mean, you, you have to imagine that, uh, you know, coming from a community that it took me at least an hour to get yeah. a source <laughs> of water where I couldn't get some water to drink. Yeah. And having the... 
the luxury of having just to turn on the faucet and they, they you know. You probably just turned it on and let it run just to watch it. <laughs> no, I am very careful on. on oh, you're all, yes, you would I, be. Yes. I am a very strong You'd look at it, yes. So I, I, I make sure that, you know, we don't. Don't waste the water. <laughs> because I also, I've, you know, I know I've learned that, you know, it's a limited resource. And yeah, we can't waste it. Let me back up a little bit. Okay. And just talk again. Talk briefly about our other course descriptions. Okay. Which will probably be of interest to your audience. So we have uh, one that's a hand, the handheld. Uh, I mean, the hand pump, and then you've got another one. So we have a hand pump repair. That mm-hmm. that's helping our mm-hmm. partners to rehabilitate wells, mm-hmm. broken pumps, and encourage local communities to address common mm-hmm. maintenance problems. Mm-hmm. Then. Uh, I wanted to talk briefly about uh, our program for schools mm-hmm. because that's a, a very important piece of behavior change. Now, you said with, uh, with what with the school? Uh, water, uh, sanitation, and hygiene okay. in schools. Okay, water, sanitation, and hygiene in the schools. Yes. You and I know uh, that attitude change happens uh, when we get the knowledge and we connect that with what's happening in our lives. Mm-hmm. And often it's taught. You know, you, you know, we learn some of these things, especially when we are children. You know, mm-hmm. wash your hands all the time. I mean, I, I hear myself telling my children all right. the time, wash your hands after you use the, uh, the bathroom or after you are played outside. Yes. Life Water is taking a very strong uh, stance on where do we invest most so that we can get the, the biggest amount of behavior change. And we, we have uh, decided, and this is not just ourselves, but it, it is happening across the board in other places, mm-hmm. that teaching and working with our partners so that we can teach, uh, we can promote crucial health practices mm-hmm. in schools is important. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we are doing is to write curriculum that it helps children in mm-hmm. elementary school and high school. So you said you're writing a curriculum for the, for the education in the class. Yes, and we are right. hoping that we can, we actually have the curriculum written and we are ready. You know what, they, should be, been training they should be doing They should be doing that all schools. over the world, not yes. just in those countries. Yes. And They're that, not doing it here. <laughs> the, the numbers that I've seen, uh, we could benefit from some of the lessons here, but I think it's, it's even much more important in countries where water is, is not, readily available, and even where it's available, it's not safe. Well, says on some education that I uh, pulled out before we our show today, 443 million school days are lost each year due to water-related diseases. Is that in America or in... All over the world. Global, yes. And I, and I think those numbers uh, just attest to the need for uh, an integrated program in schools. Mm-hmm. So it's not... We, we provide the the handware, if you like, so mm-hmm. more of thinking about the latrines, uh, thinking about uh, uh, water sources in schools, thinking mm-hmm. about hand washing stations in schools, mm-hmm. but also we, can, we work with our partners to train the teachers mm-hmm. uh, on uh, crucial health practices and safe, uh, uh, how to handle the, the equipment that they have and so that we don't pass on diseases. Now, do you have another one you do? Uh, we only have two more minutes, and we will do another show. Do you, do you have the handheld pump maintenance? you have the education in the schools? Do you have another one? Yes, we also have 
water and sanitation and hygiene promotion in communities. Okay. And so, and that's one we've done for many years, for over 20 years. And usually what we do is we work with our partners. We train them on things like hand washing. Mm-hmm. We train them on things like how does how is disease uh, transmit how are diseases transmitted mm-hmm. uh, through unsafe fecal disposal and how is water contaminated and th- and they take that to the communities and teach mm-hmm. them. Uh, and so that's that's another big piece. The final piece that we work with is is how uh, do we bring community development, uh, sustainable community development through water, sanitation, and hygiene. Mm -hmm. And most of our partners, um, you know, take that as the entry point uh, to our curriculum Mm -hmm. process and then work through the other. uh, And they also work with the families, the parents, the the, uh, older people in the community. Yes. We obviously, I mean, we focused primarily uh, in the last, a couple of years we've focused mainly on the adult population and yeah. just what I mentioned is that we are we are taking a, a, an even a stronger uh, time to focus on children and children mm-hmm. in schools and uh, well what I think about is the education in the home that if a newborn baby is a mother is pregnant she starts the habits before the birth and then from the birth on uh, they have those uh, habits that, that educate proactive education to do it before later, uh, and of course, if you go into the schools, the kids are to children. Um, did you know that on our Earth, there's only 97.5 percent of the Earth's water, um, and 97.5 of the Earth's water is salt water. The rest is only all the only fresh water we have. Yes. So we have to take that serious, and the ecosystem of this Earth's health issues is the environment should be individual health education about thyself, the person. And like you said, you're doing with your children and your family and education you're offering to, for people to have better health. And it all comes back to the water, always has, always will. Yes, and we are hoping that this will catch on as we work with the students, uh, as we work with our partners who work with mm-hmm. the students uh, in different places. We are hoping this will catch on. It will be a movement. Yeah, uh, you know, good you'll, movement. You'll know that it, washing hands after using the bathrooms is, is necessary or washing your hands before you eat your food or you under your food or prepare mm-hmm. it is right. is important. It's 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 safe. It, that's the way you stop diseases from... You well, know, and a disease, uh, I think uh, people have to realize, and I'll, I'll let you have the last word here to tell us something you want to tell us before we leave, and, mm-hmm. and then I want to have you back. But people have to realize that when we talk about parasites, that's worm. That's a worm. Yes. And uh, people have to realize that even in America... You may have a parasite that because you didn't go places and keep your hands washed, you may have done something that um, caused this illness and uh, maybe doesn't show up right away. And uh, people have to realize that drinking plenty of water a day also helps dissolve. And if we're not, and that's plain water, that isn't tea and water and juice and water, and, and it's plain water a day. Uh, what would you like to say before uh, we leave? And then I want—I hope you will say you will come back again. Well, I would definitely would like to come back again. I—I I, I think I would like to say to the listening audience that you can find a lot of uh, information, much more than I have been able to um, communicate here on our website, www.lifewater.org. That's life. 
as in life, water.org. But finally, is to say we work mainly with, um, with volunteers from here, from America, oh. uh, people that have, have a passion, have an interest, have a desire to see development and change in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And if you contact us, we are able to, uh, we can work with you to put your passion to touch other people's lives mm-hmm. with uh, either by taking the trip or by providing financially so that yes. you can work in Just this. Any contribution, any contribution. Yes. It all adds up. It does, and uh, especially now, what uh, wash in schools? Wash is uh, short for water, sanitation, and hygiene. Wash in schools program. We are mm-hmm. hoping that we can get uh, a momentum building this up with uh, volunteers from America. Something you might consider, and we have to go, is going into the schools of America and getting the children to be pen pals across the world with that. Uh, I, I, I think that's a great idea, Sharon. Because children um, are absolutely the most. I, you know, you're going to laugh, but I am. Uh, I'm really f- interesting. I think there's no imperfect child. Well, every child true. is perfect. Now, I, I know I've had kids look at me like what, and parents, but there's and they're they're full of expression and wanting to reach to the world, and they get excited. They want to be part of this planet. And if you went to children in America and said, how would you like to be a pen pal and talk about the things you've learned about water and sanitation and what you're learning and what we can exchange here with better health of the planet, that's an ecosystem. That's an environment. That's true. That's the environment. That's green. (laughs) We should have invented the word green. (laughs) You're right, and the children are, are realizing from just the amount of information available out there is starting to help our children here to realize that they they have a, a lot of um, a lot at their disposal that they can share. Oh, they and, love and are influencing their their families and their uh, their their communities to share also. So we're we're hoping that as we you know work towards this program that we will get more people interested and see just how you can help touch someone else's life. It doesn't cost that much to promote. No, it's just a little bit of time and giving a little bit of pay it forward. Uh, Well, thank you so much for all that you're doing. Tell everyone there we said hello. Yes. And uh, God bless that mission. Yes. And uh, I hope you will want to do this again sometime. We're excited and we'd like to do this again and thank you so much for having us on your You show. have a nice day. Have a good one, Sharon. God thank bless. You. Bye. Well, the world is a planet. We're a family. And did you know that last week we grew by 45,732 people in the United States. Worldwide, the population grew by 1 million five hundred and 23,548 people. And I told you today only 70 that set 97% of the world's water is salt. You've got to live with fresh water. That's the moisture in the air is the fresh water that goes in the air. So think about your what you're drinking. Remember you must drink 8 to 10 12 glasses of water a day, 24 hour period. That's the flushing, that's the solvent and it cannot be diluted. It's got to be water. We're going to take a break with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, to supplement for dry eyes. And then our next guest, Art Bernstein, and I are going to talk about the birds on this planet. We'll listen to our sponsor and be right back with Art. 
listen. The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Life in this planet and the water. And today we have Art Bernstein, who's been with us quite a bit. Quite a bit. And we've been told by a lot of our listeners he's one of our their favorite people to listen to. Art, are you with us? I absolutely am. Thank you for joining us. You were recently talking to me about one of your hikes. Yep. And I want the listeners to hear uh, about. Uh, Art has a uh, master's degree in. Um, forestry, and a degree in anthropology, and Art writes the uh, naturalist books on hiking. He's an author, and his whole life has been dedicated to the outdoors. Art, tell our listeners about the hike you had, and you saw all these eagles at this location. Well, it was at the uh, Lower Klamath Wildlife Refuge. In Oregon. In Oregon. Um which is uh, right in the middle of the Pacific Flyway, and it's the number one place to spot American bald eagles in the lower 48 outside of Alaska. That's in the west coast of America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's no other place in North America outside of Alaska that, that you see so many eagles all in one place. Now, how many do you think you were seeing flying around? Well, I... <clears throat> The best is to get there early in the morning and go way back into the far reaches now, of the Now, when refuge. you say early in the morning, what time uh, is that? Um, right at daybreak. I was going to say, right at daybreak. So they're all waking up. They have a, up an area where they roost, and then they have an area, then they fly over the wetlands during okay. the day. Okay. So when they're flying in and flying out, that's when you'll see them most often. So you probably see all ages of them, uh, yeah, young and old. But uh, I, I know a spot where they like to congregate, mm-hmm. and if you go there, you're likely to see any time of the year you'll see four or five. Uh, you we mentioned saw the point. fact that you were just fascinated how they were talking to each yeah. other. But uh, we drove up, and I'd never heard this before. There was like four eagles sitting on a branch. And you can spot them way far away because the head stands out. To, yeah. you, know, you can always see a bald eagle because of the little dot of white. Mm-hmm. Um, four eagles are sitting on a branch. We were about uh, 50 feet away. Uh, another eagle comes up, and they all start talking. <laughs> and I've never heard eagles talk before. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you probably voice. won't be able to master uh, with karaoke how to like do this, bird. but what, it, what kind of was this sound like? It's kind of like a. Uh huh. Uh huh. Another one would answer, and then you know. Uh, so they had a real conversation going. Yeah, they're going back and forth. I'd never heard them before. Huh. I've seen hundreds of eagles in my life, but I'd never heard them talk before. Uh huh. Isn't that fun? Oh so, yeah, it was amazing. That's a miracle of this earth. 
Um, okay, I and love then, eagles. Uh, I love the scientific name, which is Haliaetus, which is Greek for uh, sea eagle. And but how do you pronounce that? How do you pronounce it? Haliaetus. It sounds like an eagle call. Haliaetus. Haliaetus. Uh huh. So, anyway, <laughs> it's almost like you said, "How do you eat us?" <laughs> yeah. No. Ha- no, I didn't mean that. I'm just uh, testing the here. Uh, but again, uh, so how many eagles did you think you saw while you were up there? Because you said you have never seen so many eagles in one place. Oh, about 20. The most I've ever seen there was about 50. Uh-huh. So this, this was a so-so day. Uh-oh, this was a so-so um, it day. It was January. You know, uh-huh. that, that's, that's when they start showing up. Uh-huh. So, but there are some eagles that stay there year-round. Uh-huh. So. Huh. Now, I also wanted us- to talk about a bird called an oozle. Yeah, this is uh, what's fascinating. I've never heard of an oozle bird. Okay, well, let me read you something. This is... Uh, but how do you spell it? It's O-U-Z-E-L. It's O-U-Z-E-L. called... O-U-Z-E-L. It's a tiny little beautiful bird. It's called a ring o oozle. It, it, it's a tiny little chubby bird about the size of a robin. It looks like a pebble with legs sticking out of it. Hmm. And... They're absolutely amazing. And you mean like a rock pebble? Yeah. It's because it's There's a book by John Muir written in 1894 called The Mountains of California. Mm-hmm. And this is the book that changed my life. Hmm. Uh, I was in the School of Social Work at the University of Michigan, and I was wandering through the library, and I picked this book up off the shelves because I was planning on going to California to see a friend and it changed my life. John Muir is the, the great American naturalist. And now, how do you spell his last name? Um, this was written in 1894, and it's a chapter from the mountains of California mm-hmm. by John Muir. On Muir, Google. it's Muir, M-U-I-R? M-U-I-R, yeah. Okay. He's the founder of conservation in America. Oh, okay. Um, and he had this to say. This is a 20-page chapter. The waterfalls of the Sierra Nevada mountains are frequented by only one bird, the oozle, Cinclus mexicanus. He is a singularly joyous and lovable little fellow about the size of a robin, clad in a plain waterproof suit of bluish gray with a tinge of chocolate on the head and shoulders. In form, he is about as smoothly plump and compact as a pebble that has been whirled in a pothole the flowing contour of his body being interrupted only by his strong feet and bill, the crisp wingtips and the upslanted wren-like bill, tail, rather. Mm-hmm. Among all the countless waterfalls I have met in the course of ten years' exploration of the Sierra Mountains, whether among the icy peaks or warm foothills or in the profound Yosemite canyons of the middle region, there is not one found without its oozle. No huh. canyon is too cold for this little bird none too lonely, provided it be rich in falling water. Hmm. Find a fall, a cascade, or a rushing rapid anywhere upon a clear stream, and there you will surely find its complementary oozle, flitting about in the spray, diving in foaming eddies, whirling like a leaf uh, so I think it's in heaven. Foam bells, <laughs> ever vigorous and enthusiastic. Oh, I love I love birds. I'm a bird. That's why I was anxious to have and this on. That's song. exactly right. <laughs> that is absolutely. It found its heaven, and uh, that is a beautiful uh, yeah. description. They are so cute. Oh, 
So they're and they're, they're living the only in the world bird that all of their own. Into waterfalls. Now, uh, when you see them, you've seen them, right? Oh yeah. Now, when you see them, are they a bunch of them? Like, a, you know, when snowbirds arrive, we call them snowbirds. There's right. a bunch of, of they're all in together. Do you have find a lot of these oozles are together? I find them to be solitary. I've, I've never seen more than one at a time. Okay. Every bird seems to have its own waterfall or own little rapids that it likes. Mm-hmm. Now, you were going to discuss today with us about the owl. Yeah. We don't want to talk about Owls are great. I went to a lecture once uh, at the site. Was it? No, it was at the uh, Oregon High Desert Museum. Mm-hmm. And they were giving a lecture on owls. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been a... T- anyway. They had this thing that looked like one of those old space capsules where they would splash down in the ocean. And I thought it was a model of a space capsule. Mm-hmm. It was a model of an owl's eyeball. Oh, how fascinating. Our eyeballs are round. But, uh, an owl's eyeball is this shaped like an old TV tube. Rounded at the edges and large? It's, and uh, Yeah, it's flat in the front and it's out. sort of uh, conical in the back. Mm-hmm. And that's they can't move them. Mm-hmm. So if they want to look at something... Oh, they can't move their... That's why they're... Uh, oh, your head's yeah, like an owl. It moves yeah, the whole head. If they want to change their vision, their perspective, they got to turn their head. They can't move their eyes oh. back and forth like we can. Oh, how fascinating. But their eyeballs, you know, as a percentage of their brain size, is the largest of any animal in the world. Well, I'm sure that that is also a species that when the eyes are formed in the womb and the formation, it connects with the brain, too. Yeah, and they can see an ant on a blade of grass. Well, I was going to say, my gosh, the lens of that eye. Yeah, they're just incredible. Now, you had, then you wanted to talk about the kingfishers. Kingfisher is uh, my second favorite bird, mm-hmm. and I think it's also because they like rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to talk about kestrels. Okay. Uh, kestrel is also called a sparrowhawk, and it's the the world's smallest bird of prey. Mm-hmm. And you have one living in your driveway. Mm-hmm. And. They sit on telephone poles and look out over the fields and eat mice. And if you look at them, you'll think it's a sparrow. Mm-hmm. But if you look real closely, it's got that little hooked beak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll fly down and catch a mice. And I think the listeners need to know that uh, where I'm at is on a river, the Rogue River. Yeah, you're on, look, 40 in acres. Pass, Oregon, and 40 acres in the farmlands. Yeah. And uh, we do have eagles. We have osprey. We have owls. We have white owls. And for we about have five every years, kind of bird you can imagine. Now you're telling me I have one I never thought of. Living in the trees next to your driveway, I would see it every once in a while. It had kind of a yellow belly and uh, mm-hmm. reddish wings. I've seen that one. Yeah, yes. Beautiful little bird. Okay, we only have one more minute left on the segment. And what do you? What, what message would you like to say when people are looking out at their uh, wildlife, at the birds, uh, what they should be thinking? Uh, I don't think anything more than I just admire them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I suppose you could uh, read all sorts of great environmental messages into it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's such a miracle to me. I just, yeah. I have to tell you before we go, there was, uh, I had on my porch um, on the river uh, a, a basket uh, with plants and uh, bells hanging down. 
And uh, this one bird every year would come in and ring that bell to let us know it arrived every single year. Yeah. And uh, it's just been fun to see uh, uh, that bird comes in, rings the bell. It's almost like I'm here. And uh, it is just fascinating, their personalities. Yeah. And their, it's like the oozles, you said, that have this fabulous uh, approach to life on earth is such a, a heaven. And they're running Oozle around like the making you feel bird. like it is heaven. Pardon? I said oozle is like the happiest bird, you know, just... They just seem so content. They're just well, we've been told we're out of time, and I sure I appreciated you looking this up because the, you, this has been a great segment for us all Thank today. You. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, Art. Good. Have a nice day. You too. Bye. Well, Earth does have a secret, and I need to mention that today we have on our planet a lot of people who want us to be negative. Don't be. Everything is positive. Just look at it that way to solve. Embrace your life every precious moment. But Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. You are the ecosystem. You are the miracle. Leave your footprint for the rest of us, for the environment forever. Have a nice day. Thank you for listening. The world is talking. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A.